Well, good morning. I'm uh, Pastor Cabot, so glad to be worshiping with you this Sunday morning. I want to thank Susan and all the volunteers. There are so many volunteers that helped us out this last uh, week with uh, the, the kids, and, and uh, so we're, we're really thankful, and it was, was exciting, and good to see, uh, isn't it good to see young hearts uh, worshiping? Yeah. And uh, today, we have uh, nine people being baptized out at Twin Lakes. You might be one of them. Uh, we're just so excited to have that, that going on, too. Uh, it'll be uh, 11.45 up in Twin Lakes. And uh, this is a busy week. This, uh, I think this Saturday, we have a, a work day at the church, and Sunday's 4th of July. If you want to come, and uh, right after service, we're going to put on some T-shirts and walk in a parade, and then uh, Monday, we're cleaning up the streets after the parade, so... Uh, a, lot, a lot going on here. Uh, but uh, right now, if you would uh, just settle your hearts and uh, bow your heads with me, let's, uh, let's pray for uh, our time in God's Word um, from Psalm 63. Oh God, you are our God. Earnestly we seek you. Our souls thirst for you. Our bodies long for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water, we want to see you in your sanctuary and behold your power and your glory because your love is better than life. Our lips will glorify you. We will praise you as long as we live and in your name we will lift up our hands. Father God, we need you more than the food that we eat, the clothes that we wear, and the houses we live in. We need you more than gold or silver. We need you more than comfort, security, or worldly approval. Our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Only you can satisfy. We pray that you would help us in that quest for you. Whatever competes for our attention, whether it's children's activities, the things we want, unfulfilled needs, struggles that we have, help us to lay them down so that you can be our all in all. As Isaiah wrote long ago, why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? So as we seek you today, we trust that we will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. Teach us what is good to delight ourselves in you. Help us to come to your table. Now, Father, through your Holy Spirit, we ask that you incline our ears to you, that you help us to draw near, that our souls may live, and that you may be glorified through Jesus Christ, in his name we pray. Amen. Well, if you don't know, LifeSpring is building a place to gather to bless the neighborhoods, schools, and families in the greater Richmond Spring Grove and surrounding communities. When this 21-half-acre site is completed, uh, it will include a church, playground, community center, walking path, restaurants, retails, and lots of space for the community to gather. We're currently working on the first phase of the church building. And we want to bless our community, sharing what we have, and we pray that many will receive the highest blessing of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So what does it mean to bless our community? A series that uh, we are going through answers that question, how can we as members of LifeSpring Community Church bless our surrounding community? Well, uh, in the series, uh, with the acronym BLESS, we'll begin with prayer, we'll listen, we'll eat together, we'll serve, and we'll share. Uh, we want to pray for people in our community by name. We want to actually hear what they have to say. 
We want to eat with them, and not just the ones we like, but ones that might be a little more difficult as well. We want to serve them, and we want to share uh, the story of our lives and the greatest story ever told. Now, today we are on the last S of this acronym, BLESS. And so this is the, the word SHARE. We're going to share a story. And, uh, and so, actually, we want to share three stories. I want to share my story, your story, and God's story. Three different stories. And if you've ever struggled to understand the central message of Christianity, or if you've ever been a little nervous to share that story yourself with another person, this could be a good day to learn and to grow. Um, if you want to, and, um, and actually, let's go ahead and, and enter in here. We're going to talk about my story and your story, but first, let me give us a, a, a short version of God's story. The Bible is a story that begins in a garden and ends in a city. God's spirit hovers. His word creates. The universe is formed. From the dust of the earth and the breath of God's mouth, God made man. From the bones of man's body, God created woman. And God's gracious gift to the first couple in the garden were uh, a, pl a place to live, food to eat, community to, and uh, creation to benevolently rule. Uh, joy and gladness, love and goodness are the brushstrokes of this scene. There was peace and fellowship between God and man. The man and woman were naked and felt no shame. In the garden, there was a tree of life and a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Eating from the first tree meant life. Knowing we know what it is to do wrong, we know what it is to be wronged, and we know what it is to love what is wrong. So no longer naked, no longer pure, the first man and woman left their garden home to settle in a place east of Eden. From then on, God's story tells of patriarchs and judges and nations and kings and priests and prophets and more. There are dark parts in the Bible. Rebellion and murder, corruption and scandal, fighting, torture and war. Every pardon, every problem, every tear uh, were born of this rebellion against God. That beautiful life in the garden was lost in the decision of a man. But throughout this book, there's also a special thread, a seed, a promise, a hope, a nation, a king, a prophet, a priest, God's gracious redemption unfolds. A crown, a cross, a tomb on a hill, descent into terrible pain, death, resurrection, redemption unfold, a savior ascended to reign. Breath of God, spirit unleashed upon all those who believe, and a city we see not far ahead, whose streets are made of gold, tears and sorrows washed away, crying never again. Can you see the water flow from the throne of God and of the Lamb? Water, flowing water and trees of life in this good and perfect land, unfolding God's story continues in the creation and the fall. Stories we live just a part of the greatest tale of all. We are part of God's good creation, just a piece of the greater whole. Sin and sadness touch our lives, and we too experience the fall. We know about sin. We've been hurt by sin. 
and the sin that we love destroys. It harms our hearts, our families, our friends, and it robs the world of joy. To broken lives and hurting hearts an offer now remains. The King of kings and Lord of lords and the highest throne he reigns and offers now an invite to all who hear his voice. Come now, you heavy laden, lay down your burdens and rejoice. Take up the name of Jesus, let him rule every heart. Enter you his kingdom. Let this day be the start of a new home, a new heart delighted in God, redemption, peace, and joy, the tree of life to eat from, free gift that needs no ploy, sorrow behind, that lies in the past, the fruit for all who believe. Welcome home, my wandering child. Now you are here at last. Well, I share this story, and uh, I hope you can follow it. But it has four parts. Four parts of God's grand story that weaves through the Bible. The story that he's telling that actually is part of history, or his story as some people call it. It starts with creation, it goes on to fall, redemption, and consummation. Consummation being a word that uh, points to a new creation, a time when everything will be made new. Creation, fall, redemption, consummation. Simple outline of God's story in Scripture. They are also four words that are important for your story as well, as I hope you'll see. So creation begins in Genesis 1 and 2. God created everything good, including the gift of free will. Fall in Genesis 3, every problem, every sorrow, everything that's not right can be traced to that ongoing rebellion against God. Redemption, John 3.16 being one part of that. Uh, God's redeemed the world through Jesus. Through Jesus, we make our way back to God. And then consummation, uh, Revelations 19 through 21 being another great place to point to. When Jesus returns, he will be the bridegroom, the, uh, the church, his bride, and his kingdom will have no end. Creation, fall, redemption, consummation. So whether we understand it or not, these are four very important words in our story. So I'd like to share with you a little bit about my story. These words have an important place in my story as well. And if we, want to, if we want to understand the central message of Christianity, if you want to share it with others, one of the best places to begin is with our own pain, the hard parts of our lives. Sometimes that's a, that's a really good place to start. Well, God's story begins with creation, and so does mine. I don't know exactly when I was created, probably sometime in April. I know when my birthday was, but I don't know my day of conception. God's story begins with creation. And just as God's creation was good, there are many things that I experienced that were good at the beginning of my life. I started with an umbilical cord wrapped around my neck, and I had a good doctor remove it, so I, I didn't... Uh, didn't uh, end shortly thereafter. It was a good thing. I had food to eat. I had parents who loved me. I had a place to live. I had many things that are good of God's common grace to me. And there were good things about my circumstances. It wasn't the Garden of Eden, but I had relational goodness. I had provision. I had care. 
But I also have had many terrible things happen in my life. So if you remember, there's creation and then there's fall. There's the struggle. Uh, and there are things that I wish that I hadn't had to go through. When I was four, my brother was run over me, run over right in front of my eyes. I was walking down the sidewalk and a car backed out, ran over him. I can still see the car in my mind's eye. Decades later now, the, car, the color of the car was brown, it was a sedan. It was a hard thing. And it's my earliest childhood memory. Now, that was many, one of the many deaths that I've experienced in my life. Um, and only part of the sorrows that I've lived through. I've experienced sickness of surgery. I've experienced chronic pain, health issues. I've been bullied, threatened, and even shot. Uh, relationally, I've experienced people that I love making choices that are unwise, that I know are going to hurt them in the future. And as a pastor, I've been invited into some of the most sensitive places into people's lives. Times of joy and opportunity, as well as sorrow and sadness. And I can confirm that there is both goodness in God's creation, and there is, there is not my own heart. The care is that are both better and worse than how I truly am. As a child, I made a profession of faith in a church in California. But since that time, our family moved from place to place every three to four years. And when my brother died at four years old, it caused my mom to come draw closer to God and my dad to draw closer to his work. And with my dad not attending church, I was pretty sporadic in attendance and moving from place to place um, didn't help. And so it wasn't until my wife Asha and I came together that, uh, that God really renewed my, my faith, uh, mostly through conflict. Uh, Asha had a Catholic background. I had this nominal Protestant background. We struggled in our relationship through the first two years of marriage, but God used our very struggles to point us to himself. We each joined a Bible study, and Asha was shocked to learn that she was a sinner. I, I always ask permission to share. <laughs> but God confirmed in my heart what I already knew. I knew that that was the case, but I, I just didn't want to respond to it. I didn't want to, to face it. I remember the words I told you, creation, fall, redemption, consummation. Uh, I experienced the goodness of God's creation, the sorrows of the fall, and I realized that I, too, was desperately in the need of redemption. So I remember kneeling down in prayer to commit my life to Christ, recommit my life to Christ. I was not sure. I was a little confused as to where I was, but I knew that I needed Jesus. And so I knelt down and I prayed to receive him and for him to be Lord of my life, for the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life, confession of sin, and if, then I was baptized shortly after that. And if any outsider were to look at my life um, before that confession, before my baptism, I don't think um, the word Christian or certainly not pastor would have come to mind. But God used those events, and afterwards there was a fruitfulness as he worked upon cleaning me up in the process of sanctification. So over time, the Spirit of Jesus cleaned the mess in my life in a way that I never could. God did this for Ashnite together, and he blessed our marriage. He restored our hope. He placed us in a place where we could serve others with the grace that we had first received. 
So year after year, our relationship with God and other people has grown, and the orientation of our hearts has been increasingly towards the kingdom of God as it exists in this world and in the consummations that, that is yet to come. Now I know that my hope isn't heaven, the place where all sorrows are washed away, and where the joy that we have experienced in part will be lived out in full in the presence of our God and King. Creation, ball, redemption, consummation, all words that have meaning in my life personally, and I bet they do in yours as well. Well, I want to go back to God's story before we talk about your story. Um, going back to God's story, I want to talk about how this has worked out in the life of Nicodemus and in, the, in the John 3. It begins with Nicodemus is Jesus at night, we might ask. Could be because he didn't want others to see him approaching Jesus. Maybe he was trying to be kind of in stealth mode and a little quasi-disciple. But I think um, probably, possibly that's the case. Probably a better answer is that John, who wrote the Gospel of John, uses light and darkness in many different ways. And Nicodemus was in the darkness and needed to experience the light of Christ. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him, Nick said to Jesus. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Nicodemus, you have experienced creation. At some point in your life, you're conceived, maybe nine months later, you were born, but you will never make it out of this fallen world that you have experienced, experiential knowledge of unless you experience this spiritual rebirth. You must be born again. If you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. So Nicodemus had this experience of creation and of the fall. What he desperately needed was the experience of redemption. We all do. Now, sometimes when people begin going to church or they begin thinking about uh, walking on a, a spiritual journey, they think of a little, little bit on the side, like ketchup and mustard on the side of the plate. And what the, what the Christian journey or the Christ-following journey really is, is complete life transformation. And so Jesus describes it as rebirth. Nicodemus, you can't play around with this. If you want to experience redemption, you've got to be born again. It has to be complete life transformation. It can't be just a little bit. How can this be, asked Nicodemus in John 3, 9. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? God help us. If you really want to know what's blocking you from the experiencing the fullness of God and God's Spirit in your life, Nicodemus, it's the fact that you are not accepting our testimony, John 3.11. So using an Old Testament passage from Numbers 21 as an illustration, Jesus explains to Nicodemus that he will be lifted up on a cross. You might think, well, what is this thing about a snake lifted up in a wilderness? Well, in the wilderness, a snake was lifted up in this story, which I'm not going to go into. But when the snake was lifted up and the people looked on it, the people were healed. And Jesus was referring to his time on the cross. 
It was necessary for Jesus to go to the cross to be crucified in order that people might experience healing and life. John 3.15, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And now in my own story, this is the part that really got my attention. John 3.19, this is light, Nicodemus, because their deeds were evil, not come into the light, the truth comes into the light, so that may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. And I thought to myself, what do I love more, light or darkness? There are parts in my life that are, have a little more light in them, parts that have a little more darkness in them, but am I willing to let go of whatever dark parts of my life there are in order to better enter the, into the light? Am I delighting myself to head in towards the kingdom of God, or do I want to stay in the kingdom of man? Well, after this, Jesus and his disciples, so after this interaction with Nicodemus, went out into the Judean countryside where they spent time baptizing. And I thought long and hard about the truth of this passage, and I committed my life to Christ, and I was baptized. Creation, fall, redemption, consummation. So let's talk about you. Actually, let's see if we can remember those words. Uh, they're not up on the screen. That's good. Uh, so uh, go ahead and wake up right now. Um, what's the first word? Second word. Third word. And the fourth. Good. Wow. This is good. All right. Well, let's talk about you. So when we consider your story... All four of these words have meaning, creation, fall, redemption, consummation. They're at work in your life. My story began with creation, and so does yours. I'd be willing to bet that you know the day that you were born, and I'd also be willing to bet that you don't know the day you were conceived. Anybody know the day they were conceived? Crickets. All right. Few do. But if we count back nine months, more or less, we can kind of guess around the day that we were conceived. And we began our first few months in that wet, watery world. What a trauma at the end of that time to experience light, sound, and breathing in a way that we never had before. There are many good things about the life that you were created into, I know. If we were to sit down, you could tell me about them. Not everyone had great parents. Not everyone even had what we consider the necessities of life growing up. But we all experienced goodness in some way or another. From the taste of food, the smell of flowers, the touch of a human hand, we all experienced some goodness. Now, you have also lived through sin and sorrow. I know this because everyone has. It's part of our story. You may not have experienced death or a death at the age of four, but you may have been abused or neglected growing up. You may have been bullied you may have even been the bully with fists or words. You might have lived through a failed marriage, the death of a child, a spouse, a parent. Some of us might have lived through war. If you're old enough and we were to sit down and talk about it, 
I bet that you have some stories of pain to share, some stories of sorrow. Maybe you too have friends and family and loved ones who've made choices that are grievous to your heart. There's both, and there's all of us have experienced. Not all of us have experienced the last two things, this experience of redemption and consummation. This gift of redemption uh, is not given once we've cleaned ourselves up. Now, here's the deal. So many people have come and said, you know, I, I want to come and, and uh, I want to be a Christ follower. I want to start coming to church. I want to get baptized. I want to do some of these things. But I, I, need to, I need to be in a better place first. I need to wait till I've gotten to a better spiritual spot for those things to happen. But that's not the way this Christian life works. It's not, not the way the Christ-following life works, and certainly not the experience of new birth or rebirth. How much control did you have over your conception? How much control did you have over your birth experience? Did anybody ask you before they said, okay, it's time to be born now? None of us got asked for that. The gift, this gift of redemption is God's gracious gift to us, which he has worked through his son, Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on that cross and when he was lifted up, it was for our sake that we can experience healing, that we can experience the fullness of redemption. This is God's gracious gift to us. And so if we want to experience the fullness of Christian life, it's life transformation, it's rebirth. And so what we would do is just respond to what God's already done. God did it all through Jesus. And just saying, you know what, I am unable to fix these things. The brokenness in my life, I was unable to fix. But I can kneel before the king and say, my life is as you see it. There are things I need forgiveness of. There are dark places in my life but I want to follow King Jesus. I need your spirit in order to do that and change the trajectory of my life because I want to be there at that consummation. I want to see your kingdom on earth here and I want to experience it as it will be in its fullness in heaven. You and I are part of God's big story. We've all experienced creation and fall, both the goodness of creation as well as pain and suffering. The central message of Christianity is that you and I have been invited to have the righteousness of King Jesus in our lives and a future that we could never have imagined. To broken lives and hurting hearts, an offer now remains the King of kings and Lord of lords on the highest throne he reigns and, offer now, and offers now an invite to all who hear his voice Come now, you heavy laden, lay down your burdens and rejoice. Take up the name of Jesus, let him rule in every heart, enter you his kingdom. Let this day be the start. Well, in my story, I was confused a little bit as I began my journey of faith. I had made some kind of profession of faith as a child. And yet, if you were to look at my life, it was pretty much a mess. And at that point, I, I thought, you know, Whatever, as committing my life to Christ really for the first time or, or recommitting, I want to do that. 
I want to kneel down and do that because I really want the presence of And after that Christian journey to experience, maybe you all, it might be that you never have, or it might be that you'd like to recommit your life or just give great thanks and praise for what Jesus has already done. We come to God asking Him to make the needed changes in our life. We don't do that ourselves. Well, I'd like to give us an opportunity in order to do that. So if you would like to give your life to Christ, recommit your life to Christ in any way, um, I want to invite you. We're going to have a time, uh, and normally we, we have communion at this time, and, and we will have communion, so if you have the communion elements, you can have those ready too. Um, the, the communion table is open to all who put their faith in Christ. If that's you, or even if you do so just now, you're welcome to that table. Um, but what I want to invite you to do is join me in prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer of committal, and if, if you want to join me uh, silently in your hearts, or even, even out loud if you want to, uh, pray along with me, and then there's going to be a time of, of uh, silence, a little music in the background, and that's a time for you. Whatever God provokes in your heart through His Holy Spirit, maybe He's been calling you into a deeper relationship with Him. I want to encourage you to listen to His voice, to commune with Him, and maybe, like me, you might just say, I, I can't fix this. I really need you to fix the things that are unfixable in my life. And I trust you to do so. Come, Lord Jesus. Be my king. Would you bow your heads with me? If you'd like to pray along with me, please do. Do so now. Father God, I thank you for the gifts of common grace that I have in my life. Thank you, Lord, for my parents. Thank you for providing the physical needs that I've had, for relationships I've had over the years. Thank you that you're a good God that gives good gifts to us. But God, I know that I have done things against you and against others. There are, there are things in my heart that are not right, actions that I have taken that are not good. I don't want to lay these things down before you. And as Jesus said to Nicodemus, I want to experience spiritual rebirth in my life. To be born again. I want to walk with Jesus. I want to trust in the Holy Spirit. And I want my greatest desire to be his coming kingdom. Would you do that for me? And not only for me, but for everyone else, Lord. Help me to be faithful in sharing the good news about Jesus with all who will listen. Please take this time to add your own prayers.
have, have never been baptized, catch me after service. The eunuch said in the book of Acts, here's water, why shouldn't I be baptized? Also, I know some people, as they've uh, committed their lives, also um, may have been struggling with different things, either addictions or behaviors or things that, that uh, won't change. And sometimes I've seen God break those immediately as a person gives her life over to the Lord. Other times it seems to take a while. And uh, sometimes God does his work in storms and sometimes in drizzles. But uh, the, the work of sanctification happens over the course of our lives after we have um, given our lives over to Jesus. Jesus wanted us to experience redemption. And how better than to taste it, to taste and see that the Lord is good. And so on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it, he gave thanks, and he said to his disciples, this is my body, broken for you. Take and eat. Please take and eat together.